Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton and joining me as always, the Brothers of Destruction, Turtle Bear Man, and Ice Brand Studios themselves. Nate and Willie, introduce yourselves my good sirs. One day I'll pick an intro and stick with it, but this week I fucked it all up. Hey man, like I said, just keep playing with those intros, you'll find one you like eventually. This is Nate. Hey, this is Willie. I'm I'm introed. I'm introduced. How are you? It is a pleasure to meet you. Enchanté. I have a buddy named George. When he meets somebody, he'll be like, nice to meet you. And he'll, he'll go, yeah, it was your pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. And Or he'll say, yeah, it is nice to meet me. And it, like, but for some reason, like, no one takes it as him being a dick because he's just, like, a very charming dude. Like, <laughs> oh, and, and quick, quick fun story about him. He's sitting in my garage one time, and he's, like, wearing a, a cut-off tank top shirt, and we were sitting there smoking. And I looked at him, and I said, oh, did you, did you got the guns out to impress impress my mom? And he went, eh, or your dad. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most correct response. <laughs> Dude's just constantly knowing his speech rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a DM, so yeah, he is he's good on hitting speech rules for sure. <laughs> um, before I forget, up front, I want to give a big shout out to one Cthusius Jeff. Um, he heard me talking that work hasn't been so great and stuff, so he uh, upped his Patreon by a good amount, and I fucking appreciate you, my good sir. Um, Yo, Jeff, you the man. Thanks, I do try to put uh, Patreon money towards things for the show, like uh, you know, like buying a little bundle to add something, or um, like putting it aside for maybe a new mic or things like that, you know, just in case this one ever fucks up and things. But uh, but right now, the Patreon past couple of weeks has helped me put a little money towards uh, gas in my truck to even get to like places I need to go because I haven't worked. So thank you, good sir. I'm, I'm rambling. Anyways, I appreciate you, Jeff. Um, so shout out. And if anybody else would like to join the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash the steam machine podcast. And I don't think I've ever promoted that this early in the episode and I feel bad about it. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really have uh, much to start with other than, other than Nate, my good sir. You have embarked on something that I have had little to no interest in. I'll watch it, but like me doing it myself, it is too stressful, sir. And what I'm talking about is speed running. So I am completely ignorant. I need to learn. So I'm going to, uh, I want you to fill me in. Kind of tell me about how speed running goes, like what goes into it. What the fuck is a split? <laughs> like I, th- I need to know these things, sir. Well, start off like speedrunning is one of those things that I've really been interested in in a long time for a long time. But it's one of those things that's also super intimidating to get into because, like, as y'all know, I like retro games and I prefer Nintendo NES games the most. And if you look at like the most popular games, they already have some incredible speedrunners that are just dominating the boards on them, like. Ninja Gaiden is pretty locked down by Arcus, and then like your Castlevanias, your Super Marios, anything like that. The top, it just has the most top level gameplay that's just ridiculous to try to break into. So the way I looked at it is like, I want to play a game I really love, but I also want to play a game that's not super competitive <clears throat> because I would rather be competing more against myself than the other times that people have already set. That way, I'm not like beating my head against the wall, getting upset that I can't get close to this five-minute Super Mario Brothers time. 
Yeah. So the game I have chosen to speedrun is Predator for the NES, based on the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. And for, <laughs> for some reason, starring Quentin Tarantino in the game is. <laughs> yeah, Dalton thinks that the, the uh, character model looks like Quentin Tarantino, which I think is hilarious. And, and <laughs> the big mode one, yeah, I can see it. And I have to say, uh, a little. Bit. I have to give credit to uh, Canadian Dalton for that one. He's the one that pointed it out, and I was like, oh shit! And I, Canadian Dalton is our buddy Polsh. Uh, oh, yeah, it was Paul should said that. That's right. But but when he as soon as he said that, I couldn't unsee it. And then I was just like, oh man, I bet that sprite's just like hoping for a pretty lady to come by with no shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, man. So like, getting into the process is like one of the things that you mentioned wanting to know more about is something called splits. And so splits <clears throat> essentially is like you're timing your entire speed run, but splits are little segments of that speed run so that you can keep track of how you're performing up to a point in the run. So like the way I have my split set up is there's a split for each level in the game. So when I beat a level, I can see how much time it took me to beat that level and if that's faster or slower than the my previous runs on that level so that I can kind of have a picture of how this run is performing compared to previous runs that I've done. Okay. So splits is basically just like laps on a timer if you're doing a race. Okay. That makes sense. So like that would be then like the person who's just kind of standing there with the little clicker and they just, exactly. as they go, gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes more sense. Cause I kept hearing y'all like both of you guys in the chat and then like you on the stream referencing, uh, splits and things like that. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, but I'm playing fallout three. So I can't alt tab out and ask. So I just it have is. to sit here and wonder until I <laughs> can talk to yeah. them. I definitely had an alt tab moment the other night while playing fallout three, but <laughs> But yeah, so, and like I said, it's intimidating to get into, so I got to shout out a couple of people that, you know, helped me feel better about it, like Grim, our buddy Grim, you know him, and then there's this guy that I've raided a bunch of times on my own streams who speedrun Super Mario 2 called Kurt's New Brand, follow him on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Kurt's New Brand, it's a Super Mario Brothers 2 speedrunner, and both of those people have been super encouraging and helping me get into speedrunning itself, and both were really excited when I actually finally picked a game to go on. So that's been it's been really good to have that community that support supportive of something like this. Yeah, for sure, man. And actually, uh, while I'm thinking about it, uh, follow is it Usurper Grim on Twitch, yep. Twitch as well. I don't think he's got any underscores or anything like that. Yeah, so Usurper, Usurper Grim. Yeah. Um, if you remind me afterwards, I'll put links to their Twitches in the show notes. So. Yeah, I just said Grim without saying the Twitch because I assume everybody that listens to us knows Grim. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. That's true. But some people might not. Yeah. You're right. What is it like, Vince McMahon? Hey, pal. Every RAW could be somebody's first RAW. <laughs> yeah, Grim, great dude. Definitely follow him. Um, but yeah, so it's been an interesting ride so far because I, it's like I said, it's my first speed run, and I'm just getting my first sets of splits done and getting into it. And so I finally have my own times to compete against now. So it's been really fun seeing how, if I'm doing better or worse while I'm doing it. Now, do you have a goal? Like, is there like a goal time that you're shooting for? So currently <clears throat> my goal is to beat the game on a like on a continuous run with no continues because originally my goal was just to get a time that was within two minutes of the like worst time on the speedrun.com leaderboard. Well, I have a run now that I did personal bested today, PB'd, 
uh, that was at like a little over 20 minutes that is seventh on the leaderboard. It would be seventh if I submitted it, but I'm not quite ready to submit it as it is. So a lot of the runs for this game, uh, it has... It didn't start to get run at all until about nine years ago when a player named D. Tysonator, best known for Mike Tyson's punch-out-related feats, like, set a record for it. I think he was the only submitter for the game at the time. So, like, some of the times on the board are, like, very unoptimized because it's before people started running the game with strats and stuff. But um, now there's, you know, people that are actually pretty hard on the game. So Nate's, like, competing... He's competing with old times right now, but pretty soon he's going to be getting up onto more modern times, and that's going to be kind of awesome to see. But, like, his best time from the last session would have been enough to beat the world record in 2013. Jism. If only I started this 12 years ago. <laughs> oh man, that that's fucking impressive, bro. That's impressive. Um, the I told you guys this in chat, like the only game that I've ever played that as I was playing it, I was like, this could be fun to speed run. Uh, I actually gifted you both last night with Shadow Blade Reload. Uh, oh yeah, okay. And in thinking about it, I don't think I meant speed running it. I would really like to hundred percent that game, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I don't know if I could speed run it. Um, it's definitely got the aesthetic and gameplay for it. You could absolutely try to speed run it. Um, I'm just bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of speed runs have multiple categories too. Like there's uh, any percent, which is just beat the game, and then there's like. 100% speed running where the goal is to get all the relevant items and stuff. So, you know, for a lot of games, the 100% is the most contested category. So maybe you could speed run getting everything. Really, you know, collect it all. I, there there was a night that we were playing Final Fantasy fourteen, and um, they just started looking up speed runs. And they have that game on there, but it's broken down by dungeons. So, like, each dungeon has a speed run rank and everything. So I was like, fuck it. Because uh, they, they had it running with a group and then running it unsynced solo, which is like you going in there, a level 16 dungeon, but you're max level, so you can just you know haul ass through it. And I did it, and I think my time was like five five minutes, maybe a little less than that, and the world record time was like a minute and a half quicker, and I'm like, how? I sprinted at every <laughs> chance I could, and it's because um, I think it's Dancer, it might be Bard, uh, one of them gets a move that shoots them forward, a good distance mm. so they're able to use that as well to make up more time but as it's so like okay so i ha- i have dipped my toe into speed running but i i did not know any of the terms you were using i was completely lost but i enjoyed watching you do it and i suggest that any of our listeners should go subscribe turtle bear man on twitch and watch the journey yourselves thank you yeah and i'm like i said i've had some extra time this week because my wife's out of town in chicago for a convention so i've just been getting off of work and getting on Twitch. So it's been kind of fun. You completely threw me off last night. Or no, I'm sorry, it was today. Or was it last night? It was one of the two. I saw you, you were streaming, and I looked at the time, and I was like, oh man, I need to figure out if I'm working tomorrow. (laughs) And then, I'm because I'm thinking it's Wednesday, and then I looked, and I'm like, wait, it's Tuesday. Oh, never mind. (laughs) But I was real confused. Yeah, putting in some extra time this week, a little bit of extra time. But I definitely relate to the whole like speed run versus um, completionist type thing. Because I used to be more of a completionist type person. I'd get into the game. Obviously, you saw me do stuff like that with Dragon Quest Eleven when I got yeah. every Steam achievement available. So I felt like now was a good time to get into a game where I wanted to try to play it fast. <laughs> yeah, understandably so. Hey, like uh, take take a break from seeing it all. 
and just trying to now you're gonna see it in a blur just yeah go right by um just pretend you're sonic always, the hedgehog in any game <laughs> always thought you'd have an aptitude for speed running based on those streams you've done where you were like minimized deaths on castlevania ninja gaiden games like that so i figured that you know, you'd eventually get into it, but you seemed, like, intimidated by the really competitive nature. So I'm glad you finally found a game where it's, like, you can get a top ten... You have a top ten time, not submitted yet, but done. So, like, you found a game that you enjoy a lot, that it, you know, cries out to you, you have a personal attachment to, but you can still be in the scene, you know? Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think that it'll transition into more popular games eventually, too, if I continue to enjoy the process of learning and playing these games. But I needed something like this to get me into it where I just wasn't so freaked out and intimidated by the scene around it. Right. Didn't want to start off by trying to score 231st place in Legend of Zelda or whatever. Exactly. What is the... Is it speedrun.com? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have to look up something really quickly if you guys would just vamp for a second. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Yeah, speedrun.com is the uh, the main hub for most video game speedruns, except for games that have like scenes on their own sites. Like Quake and Doom both had speedrunning communities before SRC showed up, so they have their own like main sites. <laughs> oh, Dalton is what is it? Dalton, Dalton is losing right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I looked up Stanley, the search for Doctor Livingston. <laughs> of course, there's one entrance <laughs> entry. From four years ago, it's ranked first, and it is 32 minutes and 58 seconds. And it just cracked me up that there's one, because I just knew, I knew, I'm like, I have to look this up, because no one's fucking speedrun this game. <laughs> yeah, somebody just, like, saw free high score, was like, I'm getting me a world record today, baby. <laughs> maybe that's what I need to do, is look up old Commodore 64 games I remember that probably weren't as popular. Like, maybe I could speedrun Raid Over Moscow, maybe there's no record for that. Dude, I, who am I kidding? I can't be read over Moscow. That game is fucking hard. <laughs> it says guides empty, resources empty, streams empty, like sub games empty, nothing. <laughs> I'll, I'll stream it one day for you, Dalton. Oh no no no! Maybe I know. submit my playthrough as the number two speedrun of yes, the game. Yes, motherfucker! There you go. <laughs> uh, Five hours, number two. <laughs> there were some things I could clean up. But... <laughs> no, it's just it's become a running joke to me because it's like. No one I know has ever heard of this fucking game, but I've got a copy of it sitting right over there. Like, the, the label's all fucked up, but it's just, I don't know, it's just funny to me because, I guess maybe because back then, like, uh, gaming media wasn't as widespread, so, like, when you just saw something on the shelf that looked good, you'd grab it, so people ended up with all these different kinds of games, whereas now, mm-hmm. now it's much easier to be like, oh, let me YouTube this game. Oh, that game looks like absolute dog shit. Never mind, I'm not going to buy it. You know, I don't know. Yeah, like, I know that, Predator is not a popular video game, and a lot of people have it ranked very poorly, but I've just always enjoyed it. <laughs> hey, man, like, the uh, Compile Heart and Idea Factory, the guys that do, like, the Neptunia series and things like that, like, people shit on those games. I love them. <laughs> but people people think that they're generic JRPGs, and I'm like, man, y'all just... I don't want to say y'all don't get it, because that just sounds so Rick and Morty fan-esque. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just not that it's just not for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's and that's cool. That's like right. there are games literally that like I have no interest in. But like I'm not gonna be like, man, those games fucking suck because they're just not my thing. Yeah. So 
Now, if I play it and I do enjoy that type of game and the game is ass, I will absolutely say that the game is ass, uh, which brings me to a quick point about uh, I am so happy to be talking about a decent game this week. So yeah. fucking happy. Uh, oh. I know uh, Dave can relate. Shout out Dave. Tyler and Dave play all games. That like when you, when you get a game that's mediocre, it is very fucking hard to talk about, and I am so happy to have one that is good this week. And and to then take that and make it into a, another segue back to the conversation we were having, but back again round to the subject. I feel like I sp- speed ran the fucking MSQ for Fallout 3 because I already beat it. <laughs> uh, I beat it. I rolled the credits. And had they not done the Brotherhood of Steel DLC, that had been it. Um when you wow. whatever what happens at the end of Fallout Three um, used to be a Deus Ex Machina, like you had your choice, your character died, and like that was the end of the game. And if you wanted to play any of the side quests, you had to start over or go back to a save that maybe you had made before the game ended. Um, now with the Brotherhood of Steel DLC, they add in this other way to circumvent that where you don't die but then they mock you for taking that path <laughs> during the ending scene which is just hilarious nice <laughs> um but so being is that i am way further ahead of this than, than you guys i kind of yeah. want to know where you guys are at i should really stop drinking carbonated beverages while we're <laughs> recording because <laughs> i'm well, man. <laughs> uh, but no um I know you guys haven't gotten super like delved deep into it, but I don't want to uh, spoil too much main story stuff. So I've got notes for like side quest things, but I kind of want to know a general idea where you guys are at. Yeah, it's interesting what you said too, is because like when you were saying it's like it feels good to be on a good game because it's so hard to talk about a mediocre game. That is one hundred percent true because I didn't play as much of this game as I would have liked over the last couple of weeks since the last episode, but I still have way more to say about it. <laughs> Yeah, um, I feel the same way, especially because, uh, I mean, the, the first thing I want to bring up is compared to, like, I guess me and, for me and Nate, our main reference point to games like this is going to be Skyrim because we both played it pretty considerably. And um, one thing I really noticed is even though it's a little shanty town built in a little crater, Megaton feels like a more vibrant city than Whiterun in Skyrim, which is supposed to be the capital of, like, one of the main places in the world, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, I keep going back into Megaton and finding new people I'd never talked to, even areas that, little, you know, buildings at least I'd never fully explored, doors at least. And, like, I didn't run into uh, Mania for the first couple of times I was in there, talked to her for a little bit, ran into Jericho for the first time on my last playthrough. And it's like just coming in at different times of day and going to different areas, it's like. It feels like a lot more alive than Skyrim, which tells you that White Run is the major city, but there's 10 buildings and three assholes, and that's it. I think that it's because Fallout was a story based around the world. Skyrim is a world based around the story. And I think that Fallout 3 is able to flesh out the world much more properly because most of the story is the fact that like you are in a fucking Fallout. The world has been destroyed yeah. and everything, whereas Skyrim... Congratulations, you're the savior of the world. Go do this. You're going to get strong and you're going to beat the bad guy. Yay, fanfare. <laughs> like, <clears throat> There's a lot more narrative, like, 
not what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not but like not even told on screen, but just you see it in the game narrative to the places in the game. Like when you're exploring Skyrim, it's like here's a cave. It has bioluminescence in it. That's all it means to you. You find a little shack in Fallout that it's like okay, this place was exploded when the bomb went off. You can tell that raiders took up a place in it at one point, but they all got killed too. You can see you can kind of trace this little story that this little building has to it, and it's like that you keep running into that throughout the game over and over again, finding all these tiny stories and sometimes even terminals that have like journal entries, things like that is like, I don't know. It's so much more interesting to me than like a building with a diary in it and a skeleton in Skyrim. (laughs) Yeah. And to build on that is like, like if you go exploring just random places, like I went to the um, Springvale, maybe that was called elementary school Mm -hmm. in the game. And I spent a lot of time there. It's one of the first places I really decided to buckle down in and explore and you get so much just little bits of story about just a little place that's completely disconnected from everything else. Just what happened there just by going into that school. You get in there and there's it's being taken over it's been taken over by raiders, so you get to go in and kill all the raiders and all that stuff. And then like you'll start walking around and noticing all these things, like there's like cages with tiny little skeletons in them. So you know that there must have been like children that were in the school that are just dead, were either killed by raiders or died from nuclear fallout. It doesn't really explain it to you, but you can kind of build your own story from just things that you're seeing in there. And then you get to the terminal and it's like, talks about like how um, there's ants in the basement that have killed a lot of them. And they're trying to build a tunnel from this elementary school into Megaton <laughs> to kind of like cause havoc in Megaton. And so you eventually kill all the raiders and you find the key to the basement and then you finally get to start fighting the ants down there. So it's like a little self-contained little story of something that's happening in that little world. And I don't think anything I ever saw in Skyrim was as in-depth or interesting as just that one little section of Fallout that I played. It honestly sounds like there's more plot just in... God, I'm trying to remember the phrase. There's a term for this kind of storytelling where it's just based on the location, like what you see and what you can uh, uh, extrapolate from what you see. But there seems like there's more story in just this one elementary school, which I haven't even been to yet, than there is in like the entire Mage Guild quest line in Skyrim. <laughs> and I personally think that's because like Fallout 3 is still was still at the time where they were doing RPG. Like, you know, you can't aim down your sights. You, like, if you want to really do a lot of, like, if you want to do a lot of shooting, you're going to have to get used to using VATS. And then, Um, like... You can aim down your sights. I've done it. (laughs) That's a mod thing. Oh, is it? Uh, Yeah, I think of the... I think in the original version of the game, like, you could. Because I have this rifle that I can kind of look down the barrel and aim for. Like, it's not a big zoom, but there gives me a little bit of zoom. Well, that might but be I'm, that it's got a uh, a little attachment on top that lets you. But like, yeah, you, I mean, you can you can hold the button and it'll zoom in with the barrel, yeah. and you can shoot more. Oh, but okay. like in say New Vegas or uh, Fallout Four, when you hit that button, like your dude holds the gun up, and you actually look uh, down like the sights of the oh, gun. Gotcha. Um. But, like, you know, you can't do that. Uh, Vats is very dice-based. Like, the percentage rolling and all of that. So, it's, it's more RPG. Whereas, Skyrim's an action game. As much as I... You know I love Skyrim. I've got, like, a, almost a thousand hours yeah. into it on Steam. It's an action game. Um, with RPG and funny, elements. And the funny thing is, is, like, the, the RPG stuff in Fallout, like, Vats and everything, and the leveling up, which feels a lot better than the leveling up in Skyrim, makes this game a lot more fun to me. Yeah, I agree. If anything, 
if anything, the one thing that really, I think, slowed both of us down at first is until you have tethers into the world and know exactly where you're going, it's such a big and unfriendly wasteland. I mean, it's supposed to be mm-hmm. a wasteland. It's a little intimidating and you kind of want to hew close to home. Like, I spent a lot of time either in Megaton or directly leaving Megaton for a quest. Yeah. Like, and like, it's not until pretty recently that I started branching mm-hmm. out. And once I cleared up that elementary school, there were a couple beds in there. I made that my home yeah. for a while while I started trying to do other quests. Cause like, okay, I got a little bit beat up by these raiders out here on the highway. I just need to kind of get the back to my home, which was that elementary school and take a nap for eight hours and wake up and feel rested and not have any more injuries and get back out there. It makes such a big difference in this game when you have a bed as opposed to when you're just oh, trying yeah. to wing it. Well, I finally got a couple of places where formerly alive people were sleeping. Yeah. It's like finally knocking fast travel to there and back. And I'm really making a lot more use of fast travel than I expected, which I don't think everyone thinks of as like a purist thing or whatever. But if I was going to play this game without fast travel, I wouldn't be able to handle it. Just because yeah. the bed thing is so important or else you're using all your stuff to heal and getting rad poisoning like crazy. I just had a random thought. Um, but going, going back to like kind of just exploring and world building as you see it when you're going around. Uh, I went into a house and it seemed pretty empty. You know what I mean? But like I made my way up and in the master bedroom were two skeletons cuddled together in bed. And I was just like, yep. oh, that's so sad, man. Like they were probably just like sleeping, just having a you know a nice cuddle session for the night. And... Uh, the apocalypse happened, and but but they I guess they died together. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like a beautiful scene where it's like, oh okay, yeah. this is like the end of the Notebook. <laughs> the first house at the beginning of the town of Minefield. When I went into it, that's basically what I saw there, and that's one of the reasons I was saying that there's just so much emergent storytelling. Not emergent. I just I'm not going to remember the word. Immersive. Uh, Maybe. I, I I don't know, but it's there's so much of this storytelling in the game that's just place-based and you see so much and learn so much just from the fact that there's all those little things you know just i don't know this is a cheap thing or whatever to an extent but it makes it a little bit more real when you go into a house and there's just an empty crib in it too and you're like oh that's what was up when things went down you know it's like there's the it it's it isn't heavy-handed with it as it could be but it kind of also gives a little of the sense of the human cost of war and all that you know yeah and i think it's more of like the I like the fact that it's more of a show and less of a tell. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's times where you're just walking down the road and you'll see, like, a beat-up, like, um, what's what's it called? Speed limit sign. And you'll see speed limit 55. You're like, oh, that's relatable. Then you'll see, like, the billboards from the time period that are, like, a little bit scuffed, but you can still kind of make out what they were showing. And just, like, stuff that stood through whatever fallout, but is obviously not in the same condition it was before it all went down. Yeah, and I think the whole shtick behind Fallout is that, like, the Cold War went differently and we stuck with nuclear power instead of going to, like, gasoline and things like that. I I could be wrong, but that's why everything looks like it's straight out of the 50s. You know what I mean? It's because that, that era just continued on. Um yeah, there seems to be a combination of like a divergence there and then a nuclear war that I think took place in like 2076 or something like that in the game's plot. Yep. Somewhere like that. Like it took place in the future, but the future is still more Atomic Age retro-like than what we have, you know, today. Like, I don't know if there was like some kind of push backwards, like a post-fossil fuel movement or something like that, but it does kind of, everything is a little bit more nuclear and uh, kind of retro 50s in a way that I think is kind of neat. Yeah, and I've been in a hotel that was a retro 50s hotel. So it, when I was walking around in there, I'm just like, 
man, this place is, just reminds me of fucking Fallout. <laughs> <laughs> it was like what you were saying back when we played Portal. You know, we were talking about that section down below the current Aperture Science Labs that you fall down into. Yeah. It's just like that same kind of feel that you got down there, but that kind of feeling persisted throughout history instead of went away as time went on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, a couple of the uh, the side quests that I wanted to bring up to you, gentlemen, um, that maybe you would go and check out after you hear about them um, or not. You know, it just kind of depends. Um, I know you've both been introduced to Children of Adam. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I believe that there's, if you don't activate the bomb, or if you don't deactivate the bomb, I believe there's a quest that has to do with them. But I fixed the bomb as soon as I could, so I have no... Uh, remembrance of how that quest actually goes but um oh good yeah say i haven't done much with the children adam i've met like the father like the holy man of their group or whatever and i've went into their actual church i guess you'll call it cult house (laughs) whatever you want to call it but i haven't had much like interaction with them in particular i've went up to that bomb in the middle of megaton and whenever i like press the action button on it i think a It'll say activate bomb, and I'm always just like, no, <laughs> and leave. <laughs> I think that if you do try to interact with it, it's just going to tell you you need an explosive score of 25 or higher to do anything with yeah. it. And then but you I have good like, kind of like, I love explosives. What? If you got a good explosive skill, go for it. I mean, make a save first just to make sure you don't accidentally blow it up. But uh, like the first, the first time I have 25 explosives, I'm going to go try and deactivate that bomb because I really don't care about this little goofy cult, and um, I'm starting to like a lot of the people of Megaton. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, I certainly like them more than the jerk that tried to get me to blow them up at the beginning of the game. Yep. So, the guy that worked for Ten Penny, uh, yeah. Mr. Burke, jerk, yeah, Mr. Mr. Burke, jerk. Yeah. I still haven't met Mr. Jerk. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> You know, if there's any British listeners, Burke is probably a worse name. <laughs> Going back to the Patreon bonus. Um, but, um, like, I don't know. I haven't met any of the people from Tenpenny Tower or anything mm-hmm. yet except for Burke. So I don't, I, I haven't, you know, gone on that, that kind of quest. So I think I'm going to do it exploring around the southwest side. Because when I finished the Arafu quest, I got a lot of um, little map markers that are like points of interest throughout the southwest to the quarter all of the map. And I'm... Definitely interested in checking those out, but then I have a, another a plot point that's in a different direction too, and then it's like I think I'm just gonna have to explore the world for a minute because um, it's fun. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. I also feel like the south side of the Potomac River. I think I assume that's supposed to be the Potomac River, but I feel like the southwest area, but from there seems to be the safest area so far because. When, I don't know about you, Nate. No, wait, I do know about you, Nate. And when you first crossed that river... God. Uh, yeah, tell, you want to tell us about that? Cause, um, yeah, because so we were talking about Arafu a lot. And, like, you know, we've both been to Arafu at this point. And so, like, I was having a great time over there, honestly. Because, like, I, I got in there, kind of made my own second little base there. I found another place that I could have a bed and move from there. Mm-hmm. So I took a nap, slept until nighttime, decided to... Like, there's a quest line there. There's this gang called The Family that's harassing the town of Arafu. And they're like, hey, can you... And I was like, well, I'll go find The Family and take them out. I mean, how rough can they be? So anyway, I leave Arafu because I'm on this quest to go find The Family and figure out what's going on over there. And as I leave, I don't remember exactly which way I go, so I hope I can find it again because I died. But... (laughs) You went somewhere northeast of Arafu, guarantee. East and to the north. Okay, that sounds about right. So I ran into this super mutant. The first one I'd seen, because I know y'all brought up super mutants on the last episode. This big old dude. Was it by the drive-in theater? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. This big old dude, he had like a board with a nail through it. And I swear, like, I, had, I didn't have a picture of what a super mutant looked like. But when I saw him coming at me, I swear it was like a mix between Drax the Destroyer and Shrek coming at me. That's a good description. And I was like, I gotta go all in on this dude. So I filled him full of lead. I killed him. I was like, that was awesome. Because he put up a fight. Yeah. He really did. And so. They're beefy. Yeah, he's a big, beefy dude. So, like, I took his weapon because I liked it. And I like having a good melee weapon. It was actually the first one I found that's better than my baseball bat. So I grabbed that and I kept walking. A couple steps later, I found these, like, what look like the old semi truck um, tractor trailers, which is like the trailer part of it. And I hear a shout coming from it. And it's another super mutant. But this one had a rocket launcher. And I think I remembered you yeah. mentioning this guy to me. So yeah. I, I approached this a little bit differently than you did. So as soon as I started hearing him yelling, and I noticed that it was a super mutant, I was like, I carry frag grenades with me at all times. So I kind of walked to the opening, because he's still sitting in there, I think, getting his rocket launcher ready or whatever, and I turn on bats and throw three frag grenades in at him immediately, and they all hit, and he's immediately crippled and can't use his rocket launcher anymore, so I take that um, spiked piece of wood I got from the other super mutant and just clobbered him to death with it. I hadn't thought of using vats with grenades yet. Oh, it's yet. so good. It's so oh, good. I couldn't make grenades work for me yet. That's brilliant. Vats with grenades, it's incredible. <laughs> I've been loving using my grenades. Like, I really enjoy them a lot. And so anyway, I took that rocket launcher. It was like, then, it was late at night. So I kept going. I was like, I know I was a little bit damaged, but I was like feeling all high in my I just took down two super mutants feeling invincible. And I start going towards the side of the river. And I noticed there's a fire on the other side of the river. I noticed there's a little bridge. I'm like, all right, let's see if this is the family or just some raiders that I can take down. See what's going on over here. <laughs> so I start walking across this bridge. I don't know what I'm looking at when I cross this bridge. But there is this horrifying, hideous, white creature just standing over across the bridge from me. And this thing was freaky looking. And I didn't even get a great look at it. Before I knew it, I got hit once. Bam, it told me my right arm and left leg were crippled, and I was just like, what the hell is going on? I could hit again, like, immediately after, and I'm just dead. And I told you guys at our chat about it, you're like, uh, yeah, that sounds like a, like a centaur. And I'm like, and then you sent me a picture, I'm like, that's the bastard right there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, like, it was legitimately scary. I had no idea what was going on, and this horrifying monster just destroys me i was like i know this is our point of reference here but god that scared me way more than anything in the blair witch project <laughs> it looked like it looks like some nasty thing out of doom 3 honestly like it's got weird tongues sticking out of it and kind of a weird like it isn't a centaur like you'd think of no it's like a gross oh, it's like hr geiger centaur yeah, style right. um yeah when you were first telling me about that i sent a picture of a death claw because that's what it sounded like to me was that you got whacked by a death claw um, now we love them. And then I found out that, and uh, that's why I was kind of surprised. I was like, dude, he hit you twice? Because, like, I figured at y'all's level, a death claw would absolutely one shot both of you. <laughs> no problem. Like, just whack you and you're dead. Uh, so when I sent, I was like, oh, it's probably the centaur, uh, which is another one of those things. And that was the thing, I think, last episode on Fallout 3, I was like, dude, these things are grotesque and terrifying looking. 
Like they're absolutely terrifying. And yep. uh, <laughs> you weren't lying. <laughs> when it when it's real quiet and you're like creeping and you see one, just kind of, it's like, think uh, if if anyone listening has seen Tusk by Kevin Smith, think of like the way that thing looked, but then it's also got like these giant tentacles coming out of its face and some other things. But it's got like that weird walrus esque uh, body shape. They're fucking terrifying. <laughs> but the thing that makes them a little bit more scary is they look distinctly somewhat human yeah they, so it's yeah. like this looks like a mutated human that happened because of the fallout and it's a horrifying thought they are pets of super mutants they're huh. pets of super mutants yes there anytime you go near super mutants um you'll see centaurs or super in later series they super mutants have like these dog creature things that'll come at you but yeah uh if you Good ever see know. a centaur, there's probably some super mutants nearby somewhere. Okay, that but God, that just messed me up. Like once that happened, I was like, it reloaded me back to my save in Arafu, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm done for the night. I'm good, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I guess those. Now that you mentioned where those centaurs are located, there's an area nearby called Germantown, which you'll find out pretty soon is overrun by super mutants. The Germantown Police Department, uh... or something like that. So that must be. I haven't gone to that area. I got to the area that gives you the quest to go there, but I hadn't gone up there. But now that I'm thinking about that it, makes sense. That, that completely tracks. Um, that makes sense. There was another monster I saw earlier on while I was running around trying to get to Arafu in the first place that I was like, man, that's the first monster that's actually kind of freaky in this game. And I don't remember exactly what it was called, but it was like something Meyer or something. It was like this crab man thing. Meyer Lurk. Myrlurk, yeah, that's Myrlurk. it. Yeah. yeah, and I thought that thing was freaky, and I was like, "Man, that's a pretty good monster design." I'm excited to see some more. Wait I was not ready it. for more. <laughs> Wait, I think maybe a good idea for you to do would be to go to the um, to go back to the theater because that's a fast travel point. And it's not for me anymore. I lost my save. Remember. That's what I mean. Go to there again. Oh. And go back to explore, and then fast travel back and make a save. That's smart because. I feel like having little outposts helps a lot. Like that helped me out a lot when I was on my way to Galaxy News because the actual path to Galaxy News isn't straight in the direction it should. Like if you if you put that quest on the map, it tells you you want to go to the northwest a little bit. It's trying to get you to go through a. a I just like realized how lucky I got because when oh. I first was trying to get to Arafu, I was on the other side of the river. I'd like crossed the river and was trying to approach it from the other side before realizing it was on that side. So there was a good chance that if I would have kept going around to the other side of the river instead of crossing it back where I did, I might have ran into that thing before I ever even got to Arafu. Yeah, and that'd have been like, well, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, that makes a lot of sense to get that fast travel point and travel back. Because like I was saying, I was feeling really invincible after I took down those super mutants and I was just ready to keep going. I should have fast traveled back, saved, and sold that rocket launcher to the traveling salesman outside of town. Yeah, the thing about the super mutants is I, I had I won the first couple of times I fought them too and I'm like, oh, they must be so much higher level. Look how buff they are. I must be really strong. And the moment I saw the centaurs, I'm like, whatever that is, I'm not ready for it. <laughs> You're going to keep thinking that until you start seeing super mutant brutes. And then you're going to think that until you start seeing super mutant overlords. And, like, you know, they just, they step, super mutant masters, they step up in, in their ranking. Um, you know what doesn't rank up the entire time? Centaurs and Death Claws. They are just fucking oh, hard. <laughs> um, and you, you mentioned Myrlurks. Um, yeah, they look like horrifying giant crab things. And. 
Wait till you see a Meyer Lurk King. Oh, dude. But the funniest thing, my favorite thing about the Meyer Lurk was, is when I found him, when I found the first one I saw, I've seen a couple of them now, and they're not scary to me anymore, but the first one I saw, I was being chased by some, um, just raiders. I was kind of low on health, so I was trying to get somewhere where I could cram a couple stem packs real fast. This Meyer comes barreling past me and destroys one of the raiders that was chasing me. (laughs) One of... I love the monster in fighting. It seems like all the humanoid types will fight all the mutation types automatically. Like, they take priority over you, it feels like, in most of the fights. I've oh, yeah, I'll, I'll roll up and see, like, raiders fighting some super mutants, and I'll just crouch and just watch. And then once it's oh, over, yeah. I will pick apart what's left. Saves ammo. <laughs> oh, I love coming across like that's been a mechanic since <laughs> It's been a mechanic since the very start of the game, too, because, like, even in Vault 101, when the rad roaches appeared, like, the security guards would ignore you and go for the rad yeah. roaches every time. Mm, so, I didn't notice you, that. You know, I need to go back to Vault 101 because... After two weeks of in-game time, if you go back there, there's like stuff going on, and I haven't done that yet. Um, so, real quick, some side quests uh, that I wanted to kind of talk about. One is actually to do with Ten Pen- Ten Penny Tower, which neither of you said. You said you, neither of you have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, you will see it, um, especially like off in the distance, because it is a giant tower in the middle of fucking nothing. So, <laughs> like, you'll just see this big fucking building in the middle of like a deserted area, and that's probably Ten Penny Tower. Um, you roll up there, there's this ghoul outside who's talking to the intercom trying to get in. We end up talking to him, and he's like, you know, they're fucking bigots. They, we have this whole society of ghouls we're having to live underground, and, like, we just want to be able to open up trade and, like, come and live here amongst the normal people. But, like, what the fuck? They won't let us. So you can try to... Nego- you have two choices. You can do what Tenpenny wants you to do, which is go and take out all the fucking ghouls. Or you can be, uh, you know, help helpful to the ghouls and get them to be able to go inside. So say you do that. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say I absolutely love the ghoul that is in yeah. um, Gob. Gob, yeah, I love Gob, the guy that's hanging out in with Moriarty. Yeah. I love that guy, and I've been talking to him a lot. And he was like, "Hey, you should go to see the other ghoul town. Talk to him. if you get there, ask for Lisa or whatever her name is." Yeah, and I was like. I want to go there, and I want to see Lisa, because I love this dude. I'm going to be a ghoul fan this entire game. I've run into a little subway station that had a few ghouls living in there, too, and most of the ghouls I've met have been peaceful people that are just living their life looking super dead. You'll uh, you'll find feral ghouls, and you'll have to kill... I have run into feral ghouls, too. Um, And you have to kill them, but as far as the normal ghouls, they all seem like they're just happy to still be around. I mean, yeah, I've run into feral ghouls. I've run into feral people all the time in this game. You know what I that, mean? That's true, too. Um, also, real quick, when you guys end up going into D.C., um, the Museum of History is... I know full, you mentioned that full on of the last episode. Yeah. It's a ghoul town, and it's really cool. Nice. Um, is that where the underground that they mentioned before is? Because I feel like I've gotten hints. I thought I have to. Uh, might be. I haven't done that quest yet. Like, the, I have it. It's in my log to go do one or the other. But it's like a, a museum down like the middle, a little south of the middle of the east yeah. of the map. Or yeah, I think yeah, it's over right. by the Washington yeah. Monument. Yeah, because that's one task. That's like one little thing I definitely want to do is I want to find that ghoul town and go talk to Gob's people. <laughs> for sure. Um. So how that how that quest plays out? And spoilers for anybody listening for some side quests. Um. If you help the ghouls, when you go back to Tenpenny Tower and you go inside, all of the humans are dead. 
and <laughs> and ghouls nice. have moved in and taken over. Like, <laughs> like nice. every, every for that. <laughs> every fucking body is dead. It's down with the rich man. It's Let's hilarious. Go. Literally, um, <laughs> some of the other things that I had noted down was like uh, Andale. I know I mentioned this last episode when we were talking about this. I didn't want to spoil it for you guys, but now I kind of want to. Oh, that's what it says in your notes. I kept reading it as Andale. Mama, yeah, yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> Getting demonetized now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's Andale, and you go there, and there's like I think two two families there, and they are super friendly, like super friendly, way too friendly. And they invite you in to like come have dinner with them and things like that. And then there's this old man, and the old man's like, "You've got to get the fuck out of here." They're gonna eat you, aren't they? Yes. So, <laughs> um, he tells you like, you know, if you don't believe me, go check out that shed that they keep locked. So you can either find a way to get the key, or you can use your lock picking skill like I had and break in. And you break in there, and you see that there are just, like, bodies hanging around. There's bodies that are cut up. There's, like, strange meat is what it's called everywhere strange that you can meat. gather. Um, well, okay, that confirms my theory about the hunters I've met and their strange meat sales. Yep. Mm-hmm. I saw them gun down some raiders and then try to sell me some strange meat. And that kind of yeah, I think it. I saw those hunters because, like, I remember I was walking along the interstate, and I just saw, like, these people in these hats shooting at raiders and i was like they look like more civilized people i bet that's probably some i might have had something to do with that that's, that's a good possibility um but yeah when you try to leave the shed like you're surrounded and then you have to like kill all the people but then like they have kids but then like the old man says that don't worry he'll take care of them and stuff but basically like the old man has lived in andale his whole life so like he grew up doing all this but now he realizes that it's wrong and they shouldn't so he's trying to put a stop to it and so yeah so you can either like end up helping the people kill the old man i think or you can kill like every all the cannibals like i did because you know i don't i don't want to get eaten and so, eat it eat or be, eat eat unto others as they would eat but it's you. it's very like i almost hate to bring it up and ruin it for you guys because it's very creepy like when you discover that for yourself and you're kind of like and you go into that shed and you're like oh shit the thing is i had it figured out the moment you started talking about it like I've yeah. seen too many tropes. That's very off. tropey. Oh yeah, it was kind of like an ode to that that trope. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, I don't know if I brought it up last time, but real quick, there's a little. Uh, I'm going to end the episode with this song if I remember. Uh, there's a Fear Factory Easter egg on one of the first terminals you find. It's by. Uh, it's written by B Bell, which is the lead singer of Fear Factory. His name Burton Bell, and the song's called Archetype. And in the the um, terminal it says like you know the, the the archetype number yada 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 and all this type of stuff which was like the number of the album came out what track song it was a cool little easter egg but then it says um but do not worry the infection has been removed the soul of this machine is improved and that's directly from the bridge of the song before the chorus and i was like oh well, that's cool i like nice. I, it made me smile i'm like i love that band uh Sweet. but it's uh was it oh oh i'm sorry the legend of the mechanist and the ant agonizer have either of you run into these fuckers yet i I assume i assume not actually um so basically it's called the quest that you get is called the superhuman gamut gambit let me say that right the superhuman gambit and uh it's 
Mon chéri, Acroplay encourages you. I am the superhuman gambler. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> oh, hell. There's a town called Canterbury Commons that you will roll up in. And when you roll up in, you'll see it, this scripted thing happening um, where there's a person dressed like a human ant uh, shouting at a person dressed like a robot. <laughs> That's and fun. Like, they're like yelling at each other and they kind of get into a fight and then they break off and they both run away. <laughs> and the people who live in the town come up to you and they're like, will you please handle this fucking situation and make these two fucking people go away. <laughs> They're like, for God's sakes. So it turns out that uh, the mechanist is a superhero. The antagonizer is the supervillain. <laughs> and they're at war with one another. Uh, her and her ants versus him and his robots. And yeah. Uh, I don't remember too much about the quest itself. I do remember running into these guys though. That's and funny. That sounds super It's amazing. hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. It's the opposite of when you find that kid, and the kid's like, hey, I can't find my dad, and there's ants everywhere. Please help me. And then you go and just find his dad's corpse, and you have to go back and be like, sorry, kid, your dad's dead. Ooh. Yeah, I'm glad to hear there's some like, levity later in the game, because a lot of the quests have been kind of dark. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, you have you completed uh, the first chapter of one of the most levity-filled quests in the game of Moira. Like, yeah, that crazy enough. bitch. Hey, I'm... So- you're doing so well. Could you go get radiated for me? I, know, I still haven't done that. I've been letting my my rad slowly build up. I've been eating meat and stuff as I've been out and just needing a quick pick me up on hit points. Can make your- okay, so you're up to the get a radiated quest. Yeah. Too. You could, uh. Good news. I- I'll just go ahead and spoil it for you. Guess what she does? She, she just. Fixes you? Straight. Yeah, she just straight up zeroes your rads out. So I wonder if I should just go stand in that pool next to the bomb and get up to 600 rads and go back up. I just. I got there naturally. You'll, you will eventually okay. get there naturally, and it's not worth rushing for it. Okay. Just whenever you're high on reds, when you get advanced sickness, because that from I don't know exactly if it works the same every time, but I had a total of three special points of penalty from red mm. sickness, two on endurance and one on a different one. I, I didn't know when I know how red sickness and, was going to affect you, so I'm really glad that you kind of informed me how that worked a little bit. If you want to get reds very quickly, you can make your way to Vault 87. <laughs> which I believe is somewhere like in the western area of the map. Um, you end up having to go there for uh, part of the MSQ, but you can't access it from the main. Like you have to go in from another town and do some underground tunnel stuff to get to where you need to go. Um, because Vault Eighty Seven, all out in front of it, is just completely nuclear wasteland. And I fucked up. I was over there, and there was some super mutants. So I was getting into this shoot shootout with these super mutants, not paying attention to my rad thing up here. And all of a sudden, I just drop dead oh wow like, snap of a finger and i was like what the fuck just happened so i loaded up again and i ran over there and i looked up at one point and i was getting 42 rads a second and i was like oh that's what happened so i backed away and uh led the super mutants out and kind of picked them off but i had to know so i typed in i put in god mode uh which is just hitting the console typing tgm hit enter boom it's done and I ran to the center over by where Vault 87 is at, and the max rads per second that I saw pop up, I think, was 1,876. Wow. Which is just, it would just kill you instantly. There's nothing you can do about it. So, question Isn't about really the uh, radiation poisoning stuff in the game. Is there a way to, like, I guess, like, since there's areas of effect that you just get radiated by being in, are there, like, radiation-proof retardant suits or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you you can find radiation suits and like advanced radiation suits that'll help okay. um, reduce radiation when you're near a high okay. amount of it. 
there's also uh, like iodine pills or something called yeah. X, I think, that give you a, re- a resistance to it. Oh, it's a resistance. And I thought I it took away rads. No. There's one. There is a. There's a reducer in there. Yeah, um, I can't remember. Rad away is the one that takes reduces yeah. it, and then rad X gives you plus resistance to radiation. I think the X is the more common. That's the main one I found. Until yeah, I found a lot of Rad X. Yeah, like when I like at the level I'm at, when I use Rad X, I have uh, an 85 in my resistance, so it's pretty good. I think your endurance also determines your uh, your, your special stat endurance. I think determines your uh, radiation limit. Too, yeah. So. The drugs in this game, though, I didn't realize Cats, what they yeah. did and how they affected you. I don't. I think it was buff out that I took because I think it said it did like HP plus twenty for a little bit or whatever. Yeah. And I thought it was just gonna heal me twenty. I was just like, yeah, nice. A little medicine's gonna heal me. No, man, it made it was weird. <laughs> I don't know how to quite describe it. It gives you an extra 20 hit points. Like, if you were at full health and you used buff out, then you would be 20 over your max. But I also feel like it did something that affected my vision or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a possibility, too. It might... There's a... Especially when it it wears off, there was a weird vision effect. I was like, whoa, I forgot I was Uh, going If you take too much of it, you will become addicted, and your character will start having withdrawals, which will affect your stats if you do not take Uh. it. So... Uh, be careful. Uh, there's also like eventually. I think that can happen with the alcohol. Yep, too. absolutely, absolutely. You can d- dependency on it. Um, there is a stat or a uh, perk later on that you can get that allows you to not become addicted to anything. Like you can just take all the drugs you want. Like those dudes in uh, American Horror Story Apocalypse. See, we're tying it back. Where they just had the the urn full of cocaine, and they were just like, "Yeah, we sold our souls to the devil, so we don't ever overdose on coke." <laughs> <laughs> And that's where the Rolling Stones. Come. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the other cool quest that I I made note of um, was the Replicated Man, which this quest is the entire basis of Fallout Four, mm-hmm. or it's the it's it's the seed the seed planted for Fallout Four, because there's a guy who's working on synthetic human beings who had one of his synths get away. And it, the synth had a memory wipe and a facial reconstructive surgery, so he doesn't know where it's at or who it is, but he needs you to find it. Don't go into the details of that, because that sounds really interesting. Yeah. Oh, no, I want to leave the little mystery um, on that one. Rivet City. I'll tell you where to start the quest. is Rivet City. You'll find the guy. Okay. Um, there, who asked you to do it. Um, really cool. Um, it's based off of, I believe there's like a store. It's either a movie or a book or something that is the same concept here i have actually i have this thing pulled up i can actually tell you what is it uh, that one sounds really neat i also love the idea of the mechanist and the antagonizer like i, I kind of want to find that yeah. one same yeah and like i said i canterbury commons to find that one and i don't remember how it wraps up so it's perfect that i can't fuck it up for you guys um <laughs> but yeah so the, the but the whole plot of fallout 4 has to do with synths and synthetic humans and stuff so it's cool that this is kind of just like, like I said, a little seed planted for the future to come. Yeah, that's awesome. That's uh, and then there's like, there's a quest where you can go capture sl- slaves for slavers, or you can just kill the slavers. But if you kill the slavers, what do you think I'm gonna do. Well, I know, I know, I, I, I do. I would do the same thing, but just it's be prepared. But what if you could sell dudes that suck to them? Well, they they have a list of VIP candidates that they are looking for. They're sending you out to go like hitman capture people. Yeah. Um, but if you do decide to kill them, like any normal good player would do, 
uh, be prepared for one of the bigger battles in the game. There are a lot of fucking, there's a lot of fucking slavers <laughs> at this place. But, uh, yeah, man, um, there's just, there's little quests like that to find all over the place. Um, get very used to roaming metro tunnels because that was one of the things, like, I'm assuming it's because of hardware limitations at the time. They couldn't make DC one big open area. So it's kind of split by these metro tunnels where it's like when you're going through them, they'll these tunnels take you to the next area of DC. And at a point where you think that you should easily be able to just cut across this fucking alleyway and go to your quest marker, which is over here, which probably in Fallout 4 you would be able to do. You uh, No, you got to find the right metro tunnel and then look at the metro tunnel sign. Make sure you go through the right door in the tunnel. It's You get used to it, but it takes... It takes getting used to. Yeah, I found, I think, one sure, metro once you get tunnel. Quick oh. to be fine. Oh. I was just going to say, once you get the uh, quick, tu- uh, quick, quick travel points to it, though, then it becomes less of a problem, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, cause I found one metro tunnel station, I think, and it was full of raiders, and this was early on, so I was too intimidated to try to take them on. I think I'm getting to the point where I'm not really scared of raiders anymore. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot to find inside DC itself. Um, I'll say that I have this vivid memory of there's an NCR base somewhere. And uh, listeners, if I'm thinking of New Vegas, please correct me. But I'm pretty sure it's Fallout 3. There's an NCR base somewhere. And there's a whole NCR quest line, which is the National California Republic. Or the New California Republic, excuse me. Um, I prefer MCR. (laughs) That's because you're not okay. (laughs) Teenagers do scare the living shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, don't don't they everyone? Yeah, goddamn. Uh You guys make me wish I was dead. <laughs> Helena. Yeah. <laughs> that's the other song I remember. I was like, hang them high. And then that is my that's my knowledge of MCR. <laughs> um but there's like this big bass, but there's a robot. There's like a Mr. Gutsy uh which is like the floating ball with the arms. And he runs a gun store right there. It's like a munitions place. And they sell an anti-material rifle, which is like sniper rifle on steroids, 50 caliber shots. It's it's a bad motherfucker. And I cannot remember where the fuck it is. And I don't want to look it up. So I've just been going from place to place like, all right, where the fuck was this? Because I'm just looking for this giant base. And then I'll be like, son of a bitch there. Because I've got, I don't know, 10,000 caps, 15,000 caps, like a good amount. So. I, that brings me to a question I have about weapons and stuff in this game. So I remember you were telling us spec in to repair so you can get so you can repair your weapons. Is there a way for you to repair your weapons, or do you have to take it to somebody to pay them to repair it? No. If you have two of the same weapon, you can put their parts together and repair. And increasing repair stat increases the max you can do it to. So like if you buy an extra baseball bat, you can mash that together with your existing uh, baseball bat based on your repair stat and make yeah. it have more durability unless you've completely Like in your it. pit boy? Um, no, even if you've completely broken it, you can still use it and it'll put a little bit back in there. Oh, um, but yeah. So in your pit boy, when you're in your inventory and you're looking at your weapons, say you have uh, three baseball bats. Um if you're using a controller, I don't know if you're using controller or going mouse and keyboard. Okay, so um, it would be Y on my controller, and it might be triangle on yours, um, but it would be repair. And uh, you hit that, and it'll bring up this little menu, and then you just select it. Now, be careful, because some weapons can repair other weapons. Um, like, I accidentally used my auto axe to repair one of my rippers one time, and I was upset about that. Uh, 
but you like you can use a lever action rifle and a hunting rifle to repair one another okay. that kind of thing that changes things that really changes things because like i wish i had known that earlier because i had a 10 millimeter pistol I, I really liked that broke and i probably could have used my silenced one to repair it a little bit yeah oh but it does it does uh claim whatever item you use to repair oh, I figured. it with. i didn't like yeah. the silenced one anyway um but yeah, so like that's why I always say, you know, if you go to a vendor and say, say like for me, for instance, I really enjoy using the combat shotgun. I do like that weapon. So I always try to keep two or three of them on me. That way, when it, the condition starts getting low, I can repair it. Very know? good to know. That's helpful as hell. Yeah, for sure. And then like your medicine, your medicine stat is like how much HP you get when you use stem packs and oh. stuff like that. So if you want to be able to heal yourself more pump some into medicine and i think it Learning. also like af- affects how the drugs affect you and you know that kind of stuff okay yeah no i'm learning a lot right now probably should have asked <laughs> this shit two weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite quite all right man quite all right but yeah the uh once once you get into a groove um and you kind of start getting down your where your merchants are at and like right now like i said you guys have only megaton and wandering merchants but like once you get to where uh you can go to the museum where all the ghouls are at and you can have a there's a vendor there and then you got a vendor on ribbit city you know there's places that you'll be able to just kind of pop around mm-hmm. and be like hey have you guys restocked cool give me all of your fucking stem packs give me all of your so ammo. places do restock does that also mean that they re um get money so that you can sell things to them again uh yeah usually okay. usually or it'll be a thing kind of like you can do bartering where it's like oh, say yeah. they have you know, I was a, just kind of worried about caps and certain types of ammo being limited resources, but if they can actually restock things, that makes me worry about that a little bit less. I think it takes a week in-game, okay. like in-game time. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that, though. But they do they do replenish, yeah. Uh, that is good, because I was kind of running out of places to source 10mm ammo except for dead raiders. Yeah, and, and just random ammunition boxes and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it becomes easier. It becomes easier. And then, you know, uh, when you get further into it, you're going to start killing more raiders and things like that, which are going to drop more ammunition, more armor, guns, that kind of thing. Perfect. You're getting there. It's just, you know, uh, getting your bearings about you, which you guys seem to have done. So now it's like you can work from there to really start going and exploring. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the raiders, especially the ones that are armed with, like, a light gun of some kind... Like, most of them are not well-armored, so you can just kind of run up them on, beat them to death with a lead pipe, and then you save ammo, you get a plus off of it, you know? Yes. Yeah. I need to go get that spiked club from the Super Mutant again, so I can use that. I loved that thing. I was so sad I died, because I wanted that weapon so badly. <laughs> wait, wait wait till you see one running at you with a sledgehammer on steroids. It's oh, called a, a, a Super Sledge. That and those sounds so are... good. That sounds so good. <laughs> um... If you guys don't have anything else to kind of touch on, I have this. Li- I have one little, one little issue yeah. is just. I guess it's been an aged game. I'm playing it very modded and all that. I'm still having crash issues, especially when it's underground. Yeah, and I, when I was looking into that, the only thing that I could really find is that um, there was like an edit the any file thing uh, that that might try. And the the one item, the one item it said to change was already turned to one, which is what they requested. Yeah. So then. I can only chalk it up to it's just an old ass yeah. uh, operating just, system. I'm just saving more, which I needed to do anyway. Maybe yeah. try uh, knocking the uh, compatibility to like Windows 8 or something like that, and see if that helps. You know, but 
haven't messed with compatibility since we had trouble with the first install, so maybe that is worth looking at. Yeah, I will say that I've ran into one soft lock where somehow I clipped into this wall and I couldn't get out. Don't know how I did that, but I just loaded my autosave, which was like a room away, because that was when I was in the elementary school messing around. Um, <laughs> but I know you said there was a way to, you could get out of that with a command or whatever, but yeah. it was too late for me at that point. <laughs> oh yeah, you can uh, toggle the collision lines, and then basically you can just walk through walls with that turned off. So if you ever get stuck, and just hit that, hit TCL, hit enter, and then you can move kind of like out of where you're at, and then just hit TCL again, and your doodle set back down on the ground, and you're good to go. Nice. Um, I have this article pulled up, gentlemen, that... Uh, I want to read through real quick here at the end for us. It is a list of the 10 most disturbing Fallout vaults. Now, these are each pretty quick entries, but I figured I would see uh, see what y'all's reaction would be to some of Vault Tech's horrors because you guys haven't even discovered the half of uh, how shitty Vault Tech can be. Um, I haven't seen a vault outside of 101. Nope, me I, I'm going to tie it back into the, the Patreon chat if you guys aren't patreons you should totally go join patreon.com slash the steam machine podcast um the oh my god now it's blanking the corporation the uh nate help me out in apocalypse the the shadowy organization that i was don't like remember the, what it was called but it's basically like the illuminati but that's basically what Voltec is is a company like that being real seedy uh probably had two dudes who sold their souls to the devil running it hmm. yeah so so Number 10, Vault 27. Vault 27 has yet to actually appear in any of the Fallout titles, only bearing mention in Chris Avalone's Fallout Bible, um, a collection of documents providing a wealth of information about the Fallout universe. Um, the experiment that was attached to Vault 27 is a relatively straightforward one. It was pur purposely overcrowded by two times the maximum capacity. Yikes. And it isn't difficult to imagine the immediate impact of such a drastic overpopulation. <laughs> Um, so these vaults basically were set up to be like shelters from the apocalypse, but there were experiments like they were experiments mm -hmm. basically at the same time. Um, which is just how vault tech rolled. So vault tech number nine, vault 19, uh, this vault can be explored in fallout new Vegas. Its original purpose was to test the impact of subliminal messaging on its inhabitants. Upon arrival, the residents were segregated into two groups and assigned one of two colors, blue or red. Afterward, the vault exposed them to a stimuli that were intended to provoke feelings of paranoia and distrust. Terminal entries within the vault indicated these subliminal messages were very effective and the mutual distrust between it divided the population and approached a very violent climax. Some starbelly sneeches. Yeah. <laughs> yes, motherfucker. Yes. Um... Number eight is Vault number 12. Uh, it's perhaps Vault Tech's most straightforwardly dishonest experiment. Vault number 12 was designed for a purposely faulty vault door that would not seal properly, allowing radiation to seep in so the impact of the human body could be studied. That's so rude. It's just pointless, too, man. You're going to find some wasteland people eventually. Why? Uh, this would naturally result in the majority of the vault's population becoming ghouls. They would eventually emerge to, f to found the ghoul haven of Necropolis, which the vault dweller can explore over the course of the original Fallout title. Cool. So at least it had a, a somewhat, I'll say, a quote-unquote happy ending. Like, I they guess. got their own little town out of it, but man, that's shitty. 
number seven is Vault 75. The experiment attached to Vault 75 is a solid contender for the absolute cruelest experiment ever called ever carried out by Vault Tech. Easy for me to say. Situated beneath Malden Middle School in the Commonwealth of Fallout 4, its stated purpose was to protect the school's students and their families from the event in a nuclear attack. Upon entry, the students' parents were separated from their children and were summarily executed by the security staff under the pretense that they were undergoing orientation. The children were subjugated to rigorous physical and mental, mental conditioning. Those that did not achieve satisfactory results were disposed of once they reached the age of 18, and those who did were harvested for their superior genes. Ew. Jeez. It's fucked up. That's not even close to number one yet. <laughs> it's like this thing is fucked up. Uh, number six. Yeah, but they made me take a test, and that was pretty <laughs> Hey, but you don't have to take that test. You can tell him, this is bullshit, isn't it? He's like, yeah, it's bullshit. You just want to pick your shit? Yeah, I just want to pick my shit. All right. Huh, hold on, though. <laughs> Be- no, never mind. I was going to say, is it just Vault 101 that's the 50s S thing? And that was the weird experiment they did there. But no, the rest of the world has a lot of 50s memorabilia yeah. in it, too. So okay, I had to think for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, number six is Vault 22. The experimentation carried out in Vault 22 wasn't necessarily disturbing at its core. It was designed to sustain life purely by way of green living, quote-unquote. Keeping its inhabitants alive by the virtue of plant life that was grown and cared for within. Uh, The results, however, are where things started to get dark. Uh, A certain specialized fungus was used to keep pests from ruining their crops, but unbeknownst to them, however, the mutagenic properties of the fungus. Once the spores took root in the human host, they would gradually transform into spore carriers, which are deadly and aggressive cannibalistic mutants that have claimed many lives since... Okay, so this one sounds like they almost had a good idea and bad things yeah. happened. This is a little less Vault-Tec being Black Mesa and a little bit more Vault-Tec just being dumb. Um, fun quick fact, in Fallout 1 and 2, you meet a guy who's got a tree growing out of his head. And in Fallout 3, you can find him and he is now completely a tree. <laughs> That's awesome. <Huh>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number 5 is... Guess I'm going to leave him alone. <laughs> you know, you're not going to uh, help him branch out? I heard his bark is oh. worse than his bite. Hey, I'm just glad he's taking up root somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, uh, that joke oh. was really funny. Not with a K. Oh, my God. Look at the subscriber numbers just falling. as we're talking <laughs> this is it's a bad podcast. Wait, y'all don't like tree jokes? <laughs> Did you make like a tree and leaf? Leaf Garrett. It's... <laughs> Uh, number five, Vault 34. Uh, this vault is perhaps most famously remembered as the ancestral home of the Boomers faction in Fallout New Vegas. It's, uh, yeah, the Boomers. Okay, Boomers. <laughs> and uh, where they resided before establishing their community at Nellis Force Air, er, Nellis Air Force Base. Uh, it turns out that their affinity for weaponry has some deep and disturbing roots there. Vault 34 was purposefully designed with cramped living conditions as well as an absurdly overstocked armory full of weapons and ammunition uh the cramped vault would soon become overpopulated and the residents would continuously request access to the armory in order to protect themselves which the overseer would deny and this eventually resulted in a very violent riot as it would yeah of course number four vault 106 Vault 106 was designed to simply begin pumping psychoactive drugs into the air filtration system a mere 10 days after the door had sealed itself shut. So the party vault. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> Perfectly aware of the vault's purpose, the overseer directed security personnel to dismiss any complaints resulting from this. The lone wanderer can explore this vault during Fallout 3 and was quickly and will quickly come to realize that these drugs are still being filtered into the <laughs> vault uh, when they begin experiencing vivid and violent hallucinations. Fine. So, I got to hang out here. This sounds great. <laughs> the, so this is a, this is a spot in the current game we're yeah. playing. That's great. What was the number again? Vault 106. 106. Vault 106. Okay. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. That that actually sounds interesting. Yeah, I won't uh, I won't read the last little sentence, so I'll let you guys find find cool. it and see see what's inside of it. Thank you, because we will have forgotten most of the other vaults next time we'll play a Fallout game. <laughs> yeah, that's what I but figured. if it's one we're actually on... Uh, yeah. Number three is Vault 81. Uh, the conclusion of Vault 81's experimentation is truly a rarity, as the Overseer realized the inhumanity of its purpose and put an end to it before any lasting harm came to its general population. In fact, the sole survivor can explore Vault 81 in Fallout 4, meeting its population of relatively sane and decent inhabitants. Uh, originally, the vault's purpose was to expose the population to an array of deadly diseases and illnesses, while a science team operated from a secret locale to develop the test the various cures on the subjects without their knowledge. Ugh. But, uh, yeah, the, the overseer said, fuck that, we're not letting that happen. So that ended up being a, actually a decent vault. So an overseer who isn't garbage? Right. Yeah, right. Number two, Vault 95. Vault 95's stated mission almost seems altruistic in nature. It was to serve as a rehabilitation clinic for chem addicts, allowing them to overcome their various addictions, be it psycho, jet, or anything of the like. Even as the outside world collapsed under a volley of nuclear missiles, but however, its true purpose was much less than kind. Although its detox program was a great success, a massive stash of chems and alcohol was hidden inside of the vault. And a planted resident would, quote-unquote, unearth this cachet after five years' time. Predictably, this stage discovery of this cachet precipitated the vault's program unraveling entirely, and the population plunged into a chem-fueled anarchy. (laughs) Yowza. Which I just think, I think that one's really fucked up. Like, you get everybody in there, and you're like... You guys are all clean, and we're going to do this. And then all of a sudden, you just have an access to a plethora of all the drugs you absolutely love. Yeah. (laughs) Fucked up. It's messed up. But number one. And this is interpretation, by the way. You may not agree with this list. Uh, This is on GameRant.com. If you have any issues, I'm sure that you could take it up with GameRant.com and not the Steam Machine Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, if you don't agree with this number one. I haven't read these before this, so... Um, Number one, Vault 11. So this was one of the first ones built, I assume. Of all the cruel experiments in Vault Tech executed on unsuspecting victims, the one taking place at Vault 11 has to be the worst. Vault 11's inhabitants were instructed to select one of their own as a human sacrifice each year. If they refused, they were told that the Vault would shut off its life support systems and the entire population oh, would I've die. Heard this one. In reality, should the Vault residents refuse to sacrifice someone... The vault would provide an automated message congratulating them as a shining example of humanity. By the time they could bear to sacri- they couldn't bear to sacrifice anyone else and bravely refused, its population had been whittled down to a mere five people. Oh. Unable to cope with their guilt after this brutal realization, four of those five people committed suicide. Jeez. Fucking evil, man. Evil ass corporation doing some evil ass corporation shit. And uh yeah, man, that's that's wild. Jeffrey. Like, 
Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I could see totally like yeah. Get yourself an Amazon bunker. <laughs> oh no, it seems like, so realistic. I hate it. <laughs> right? It's like this one's this one was uh, sponsored by Facebook or you know or Twitter, and it's like oh no, thank you. It's like that episode of Black Mirror when the guy wakes up. And he's looking around, and ads just start playing on the walls in his room because everything has ads now. Like, even just life. Like, fucking crazy. Wow, I just had a fucking brain fart. Willie, going back to horror TV shows uh, from earlier, real quick. If you haven't seen Black Mirror, I highly suggest that one as well. Really good show. Okay. All right, so... um, I've heard it's kind of a modern Twilight Zone, but kind of most of the episodes are about technology and its current role in the society uh very very much so and might i suggest to have like an episode of family guy ready to go after each one because each one is not going to leave you with a happy fuzzy feeling in the slightest (laughs) because they're all they take very like serious looks at how technology could fucking affect us and i just think i think when i watch black mirror i'm like man if they could get the guy who did black mirror series to do a fallout series because he could take all of this that he used with the technology and stuff and just convert that over to like making it nuclear and working in the Fallout. Now, I read somewhere that there is a Fallout TV series being developed for Amazon, but I don't know how true that is. Uh, if so, we'll see. Because I, I think it it has the basis, the story basis, for being something really cool in a storytelling medium. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that the universe that Fallout has created definitely could be a pretty good TV show. It would just have to be done correctly, and they'd have to come up with the right format for it. Like, yeah. are you going to follow the same characters, or are we going to get new stories every time? Oh, they no. should absolutely 100% do new stories. I agree, yeah. but... The, the, the big strength of the Fallout universe is the fact that you can just plop it down in a different part of the former U.S. and, like, have a completely new universe that's still completely coherent with the previous yeah like there's there's mods dude that like uh there's one that i was using i actually uninstalled it to uh help figure out what the fuck was going on when we were trying to get this game to work for you guys like i uninstalled all of my shit to start over to be like all right what makes mine work um but there's a tale of two wastelands which takes fallout 3 and puts the entirety of fallout 3 into fallout new vegas oh wow and, and brings it up into the newer engine but there's a mod pack called uh, Starstruck Courier, which takes that, but also adds in the New California mod. So it's like somebody has done a whole Fallout mod that's based of, on in California. And then there's um, a Fallout London mod, where one of the writers for Fallout London just got hired by Bethesda as a story writer. Um, so like it, people just take these like ideas and plop them down in different places. So I absolutely think that if they were to do it for a show... People are going to compare it to the game if you try to do it in DC. They're going to be like, oh, well, you got this wrong because I did this in that quest and you didn't fucking do that, right? And they're not going to want to spend all the money to do it like Bandersnatch where each quest comes along and you have a choice. That would be cool. But it, I don't think it would be as enjoyable overall. But I yeah. think if they took it and say they were like, we're going to do Fallout Wichita or something, yeah. you know what I mean? And Has there been a game set in Texas yet? Because no. that seems like a can No, there's been... Um, Vegas, uh, DC, the Commonwealth, which is Fallout 4 is in the Commonwealth area, so like that little, where all those little places meet. And What, what little places? Uh, the Commonwealth's like, I think it's like Boston and okay. like all of that little northeast okay. 
area, all those little tiny states that all touch each other right in there. New England, um, gotcha. and I don't remember where. F- and seventy six is West Virginia. Yeah, and where did for the first? I am looking that up right now. Where Fallout New Vegas happened? Fallout One took place in Southern California. Okay. And Fallout Two, I think, takes place in the same area. Yeah. Boom! Put it in Texas. I've got it. Nailed it. Nailed Easy it every time. Oh, to put it in Wyoming so that you're the only person that you see the entire time you're there. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like uh, I respect Far Cry for going Far Cry Five instead of going like some tropical island like they had been doing. They were like, "Nah, welcome to Montana, motherfucker." <laughs> welcome to the the mountains. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, dude, I I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I think we're gonna get like one more episode of Fallout Three. Um, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, I, based on what you've told me, and based on how my last session, my sessions yesterday went, I think that with you know seven days for the short game and seven days for the next game, I think I can finish. Or seven days for this game, I think I can finish the main quest at the very least yeah. before our, our next recording. Especially if I split this week between the short and the full yeah. game. Yeah, which speaking oh, of short games. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, our, our short game, uh, the, what won the poll, uh, much to my dismay. No, I'm just kidding. I, I did vote for to- Toe Jam and Earl, but uh, the winner was Nights into Dreams. So that will be... Uh, so is this a direct port of the Sega Saturn Classic that none of us yes. got to play because we didn't buy Sega yep. Saturn? It's Dreamcast, actually. Oh, that's right. It was Dreamcast. Oh, yeah. It was Dreamcast. It's, I got it on. I thought the first nights in the dreams no. of the Saturday. Well, I got it in the humble bundle that was part of the Dreamcast bundle, which came with. But maybe it was because wasn't it Adventure Sonic Adventure Two Saturn while Sonic Adventure One was Dreamcast because it came with Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure Two Battle, um, Jet Set Radio, Crazy Taxi, Sega Bass Fishing, and. Um, no, all those other games you said are Dreamcast games. I definitely okay. Then I guess it must have been Dreamcast. I- I thought Nights into Dreams was a Saturn game. Oh, well, maybe they got a direct port to Saturn. Well, it might have been one of those that came out on both. You know what I mean? It might have came out on the Saturn and then they re-released it for Dreamcast or something. I don't know. I, I At that point, I had checked out a Sega. You know what I mean? I had a Master System. That was my Sega system. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we were all... That was the problem with Sega at that time was we were all kind of checking out a Sega. But yeah. I remember always thinking that Nights into Dreams looked really cool. So I'm really excited that it won for this week's short poll. I've always been confused what the the draw of it was, like when I've seen gameplay of it, because it just looks like a little on rail shooter type thing. But people like say that it's one of the best games ever, and I'm just I'm curious to see like how it's gonna how it's gonna hold up. I'm I'm very curious. Yeah, I'll be. It's really interesting. I'll be really excited to see how the gameplay works in it. Yeah, and then uh, we have another short game pull up, um, which is going to be for after Fallout Three, probably. Before the be long game winner, yeah, which we'll announce in just a second because there's no way that thing's gonna fucking lose. <laughs> well, we shouldn't make a formal announcement just because then we close the poll and then we'll get into a huge debt. That's true. That's true. Well, I won't say I wasn't gonna make a formal announcement, but I was gonna say like the the leader of that poll. Anyway, the, the, oh yeah, the, go ahead. Yep, no, no, absolutely. It's it's no secret that right now. Although I thought Mega Metal Gear Solid Two was going to be a far and away because it's like a household name, like that game is behind by like seven or something votes. Yeah, uh, the uh, the Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky is at eleven, which I guess is technically ten, but still, like that's 
that's the most votes I think a single game's had in one of our It's fucking yet. impressive. Yeah, it's a lot. And it's up against Metal Gear Solid too. It's running away. It's wild. I, unexpected, but not upset about it. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, it looks neat. I've, I've definitely did some reading about it earlier today to make peace with the fact that unless there is a huge tidal wave of Kojima stands flooding into the Discord anytime soon, it looks like we will be playing a nice little calm-looking anime RPG. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, Night's I mean, Dream was for Saturn. I don't know how it got put into the game, into the Dreamcast bundle. Yeah, because I thought the... I thought I remember Nights in the Dreams was the one that they made, like, the, the analog stick controller for the Saturn 4. Yeah, it was a 1996 action game developed by Sonic Team, published for Sega, by Se- for the Sega Saturn. Yeah. Did it, it, so, yeah, it didn't come out again for Dreamcast or anything? Well. Maybe it was put in the pull collection as, like, a bonus, because it was, like, the most one of the most maybe. famous Saturn games. It's the only Saturn game anybody cares about. It, I was going to say, they're not selling a Saturn collection. The Saturn collection would be Panzer Dragoon. Which, wouldn't you buy Panzer Dragoon? <laughs> yeah. That's another one of those games that I don't understand the appeal to it because it's just like, isn't it just an on-rail shooter? Again, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but then again... I feel like Panzer Dragoon feels like a modernization of Afterburner, which was a really fun game to play, so I could see it being a lot of fun. Oh, I, I have Afterburner on Sega Master System. Nice. Yeah, yeah. If it, if it feels anything like Afterburner or Space Harrier or something like that, I imagine it's a lot of fun. But uh, the, the, the next uh, short game poll was up, and your choices are Toki... Is, that is the first choice is Toki, which I think is like you play a little monkey and it's like a platformer type game. Um, your second choice is Ubermosh Volume 5, which I don't even know how to describe the Ubermosh games. Uh, maybe like roguelike action. They're, they're very strange. Um, third choice is Far Sky. Now, Nate, I know you looked into Far Sky a little bit. Do you want to talk about what you saw because i haven't really looked into it yeah it's a pretty neat looking game it kind of reminds me of like an exploration type game where you're gonna be spending a lot of time in a 3d exploration type environment and you know it kind of reminds me of just like other games where you're just doing a lot of exploring kind of like i'm gonna say at a much lesser scale and a no man's sky type of thing so i'm definitely it looks really neat to me and i'm really interested to see how it plays Holy shit, Ubermosh looks actually sick. That looks like... I think I might just go ahead and drop my vote in. That's really neat if you do that, because that means all three of us would have voted for a different game this time. (laughs) Uh, And all all three of us have made it a three-way tie. Oh, wow. Uh, Ubermosh... Yeah, those games, Willie, um, regularly go on sale for like 30 cents. Yeah, currently the one that's listed, Ubermosh Volume 5, is 40 cents. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Um, so after, uh, so your fourth choice, the King of Fighters 13. We had a lot of fun with King of Fighters, uh, Unlimited Match 2002, Mm -hmm. I think. So that's, I I wouldn't mind getting back into the KOF series, baby. But the one that got my personal vote is the last choice. And that choice is Tekken 7. Cause I'm, I'm a Tekken fanboy. I can't, I can't just, uh. I can't deny it. Yeah, it's interesting that old Steamy pulled us two fighting games in this list. Right at the end, too. Yeah, like, of... I was like, oh, well, he's given us, he's given me three that, like, no one's probably ever heard of. This will be an interesting poll. And then he hits me with King of Fighters and Tekken. I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing about Tekken 8, uh, 7, too, is this is a game that has a current tournament fighting scene. Like, this is a game that's actively being played right now. Yeah, it's yeah. still relatively new. Yeah. And uh, 
it's really pretty looking too. Like I'll say, like I enjoyed playing it. Like cause I'll install it every now and then, and, you know, get a couple hours of tech in and then uninstall it. But I so, uh, but honestly, I'm up for whatever. Like any of those games that win, oh, I would yeah. be up for playing Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. So I look forward to that. And then, yeah, like I said, I just want to drop in and vote Obermush because it looked like a wacky arcade game that's completely different to anything we've done so far. So that seems like, pretty rad. I'm looking at the uh, the long game poll, and I just want to give a shout out to uh, Mr. Paul Korn for throwing a vote at Zanzara, the Hidden Portal, because I didn't think anybody would vote for that. Cause <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least he's living by his truth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. And then, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Evoland. Uh-uh. Have either of you heard of Evoland? No. So, the, the gimmick behind that game... I, I think it's pretty fucking cool. You start out and the game looks like an OG Game Boy game, like green and black, right? And as you progress through the game, you get these items that bring it up a little further into modern standards. So then eventually you'll add color. So then you look like you're playing an NES game, but then it'll you'll evolve oh, again. Cute. It'll look like a Super Nintendo game. And Evil Land 1, like Legendary Edition is 1 and 2 together. One was basically like a proof of concept, kind of like Portal 1 and Portal 2. Yeah. Where in Evil Land 2, you start out looking like a Game Boy, and you finish the game looking like a, a normal game. What's a normal game, Dalton? Uh, like a, uh, like a, a more modern style look. Uh, 3D. Um, I don't fucking know. You know what the fuck I mean. I don't know what you mean. That's why I asked. Uh, <laughs> like, like a more a more modern uh, turn-based RPG or action RPG, like a three more 3D Zelda looking okay, okay, as opposed to you. 2D Zelda looking. Um, I'm sorry. I just genuinely did not know what you were trying oh, no, you're to fine. say. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were fucking with me at first. And then I was like, oh, okay. No, let me, you know, let me try to process this thought then because <laughs> my brain was jumbling itself like, oh, God. It was, yeah. It, it just kind of... Uh, What's a video game, Dalton? A money sink. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I'll save my quarters. It sounds useless. <laughs> oh, man. So glad. So glad that nowhere around here has arcade machines because I would drop so many quarters. So many quarters. There's a place in Gainesville. It's a barcade, and I want to go check it out, but I know I'm going to spend more money on games than booze. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's why I like whenever I go to the arcade there's two arcades in Nashville that me and Paul Corn will go to every once in a while and what they do is they just charge you a fee at the door and then you can, all the games are free to play after that so it's like $10 for all day and you just get to go in that's amazing. and go crazy and I end up spending like two hours playing Donkey Kong <laughs> yeah I would be hitting up DDR oh yeah getting down yeah. I, just jiggling all over the place yeah <laughs> It'll be fun. Um, I think that is about all that I have. Uh, let me do the the housekeeping. Um, if you would like to find us on social media, you can go to facebook.com slash steam machine podcast, or you can pop over to Twitter at steam underscore podcast. I have not done that in a while. I'm surprised I remembered that. Um, also, I've mentioned it twice, but I'm going to mention it again. Uh, Patreon.com slash steam machine podcast. Uh, you can get, the episodes basically the same night that we record them instead of uh, waiting till Thursday. Uh, it's you know, and uh, you get some beginning like bullshit like today. If you uh, are a Patreon person, you get to hear us talk uh, and rave about American Horror Story and pizza, <laughs> which may not sound quite interesting, but I, th- I like to think that it was. I like to think that it was. Um, 
and let's see what else oh the merch store um i think it's tsmpproductions.threadless.com or it's threadless.com slash ts i put a link on the uh, wordpress wordpress yeah i will i will put a link on the wordpress yeah you can get yourself a shirt uh, all of that jazz uh, i released a new album uh bank nile the that one i do know um if you want to go check that out, uh, it's 24 songs and a bonus song for $8. I know I said I was going to cut the album down and then just ended up putting more shit on there. <laughs> I, I did the opposite of what I was trying to do, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I hope you all would uh, check that out and enjoy it. And I think that all does it for my bullshit, so go ahead and plug your stuff, Nate. Yeah, absolutely. I do want to say definitely go to steammachinepodcast.wordpress.com. You can find links to our social media and our um, Discord, especially there. Come join the Discord. Yes. Be a part of the show polls so that we can get in there and have a good time and play the games that you want to hear. Um, you can follow me on Twitch and Twitter at TurtleBearMan if you love to watch a guy fumble his way through video games or attempt to become a decent Predator speedrunner. I mentioned these guys earlier in the episode, and I want to go ahead and shout them out one more time. On Twitch, follow Usurper Grimm and Kurt's new brand. If Dalton remembers, those will also be in the show notes. For sure. For sure. I just want to say, uh, speedrunning Predator just sounds funny. <laughs> I... <laughs> and also terrifying at the same time. I was like, you, you don't ever want to encounter a speedrunning predator. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Speedrunning um, predator, isn't that a cheetah? <laughs> yeah, I guess that would be. And I, I stand by what I said. I do not want to encounter one of those motherfuckers. Uh, what about you, oh. Willie? What can we find from you? Yeah. Man, I don't know. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Word up. That's. That's it. That's all I got, man. Um, Drink water. Say, get up, take a walk. Enjoy all the good things in life. Yeah, I was just going to say, just take care of yourself, basically. So that pretty much covers what I was thinking. Stay hydrated. So. Um, we have been trying to set up some gaming in the Discord. So, like, uh, I know we've talked about doing, like, some No Man's Sky gaming together with some of the people in the Discord. And then uh, I believe it was Tux Deluxe uh, was trying to set up a game of Torchlight 2 with me at some point. So that'll be fun to play some of that with him. So please come join the discord um eventually i'll get a bit.ly link and make that real easy for us to spit out here but like for now if you go to like nate said the steam machine podcast.wordpress.com there's a pretty little button that says discord click that join come play some fucking games with us and let's make fun of shit because it's great it's fun and we like memes so if, are you are you do you like sharing memes come share memes did you make a pizza that you like the looks of post pictures of your pizza we really are all about yes. those pictures of food in the om nom om nom nom uh, channel. I'm all about seeing food. Uh, I really like taking pictures of food, and I really appreciate pictures of food. So yeah, please. That's that is. It. We got everything from professional cooks to people that are just really getting into food photography to people that just want to post the thing they ordered from yeah. Pizza Hut. You know, like it's tell good. Ryan he needs to start posting his food pictures again. Yes, please. I miss that. Yeah, I'll, I'll let him know. I'll let him know. Uh, funny you mentioned that. Um, he's going to be looking for an- another job. But we're gonna have to have that conversation off air, okay? Um, just just because okay. I don't know like what's going on. It, it, yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, quick. <laughs> well, we're gonna end on a on a on a quick 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 note. Uh, I f- for anyone who was asking me about my job and like what things going on. Uh, my buddy Nick, who got me the job, beat up our bartender who was drunk at work, and now he quit. So now I don't even know if I have a job anymore. So there's that. And uh, for this week's episode of Steam Machine Podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> they are the brothers of destruction, Nate and Willie. My name's Dalton. And as always, guys, war never changes. Yeah.